And this is your boy Tyler coming at you with the Around the Bases podcast. Hope you're having a good week. I know there's a lot of weather going around and we'll get to that on this later in on this discussion. But let's go ahead and get started with our topics. So, Team USA's three-game series against Team Mexico down in Dallas, Texas was canceled due to inclement weather. Um, All the snow, ice, cold, freezing temperatures, you know, didn't add up very well for that. Um, And it's very unfortunate because the team wanted to get as many games as they could get in before the Olympics this summer. So... It's going to be, it's, it's unfortunate to lose these games, especially against a team that's going to be at the Olympics this summer. Um, but, you know, like, I, hopefully they get more games on their schedule to fill in this void, because that three-game series would have been nice, even though they wouldn't have had, you know, their three collegiate stars there with them. But, you know, hopefully they get more games in, scheduled at some point before the Olympics, you know, tune-ups, you know, a send-off tour since the softball portion of the Olympics starts before even the opening ceremonies, but we'll get to that, you know, in July when the Olympics come around, hopefully, but anyway. The entire Texas Classic got canceled because of winter weather, and we'll talk more about that in my notable games canceled or postponed section, so stay tuned for that. Without a packed uh, stadium full of fans, obviously because of the pandemic, is that going to drive up offensive numbers? Honestly, it's hard to tell even after one week, but ultimately I think we'll see more offense than normal without fans in stands because there's less pressure on the players to perform. Um, We'll just have to give it more time to see how it unfolds, but I do think there's going to be more offense than normal this season, partly because of, you know, less fans, but... It's just been trending towards more offense, at least during the regular season, for sure. Always when it comes to the tournament, it turns to pitching and defense and all that good stuff, but I think the regular season, the offense numbers are going to be higher than normal. And we'll just see how that plays out as we move through the season, because we'll start doing stats once more and more teams enter the fray. So... I'm not going to do full team and individual stats, rankings, and all that good stuff until later in the season. At least March, but we'll get to that later on. (laughs) I know it's only one weekend and the quality of opponents isn't up there, but Oklahoma's offense is absolutely bombing to open the season. The key for their their offense is will they be able to keep up once the competition and the pitching steps to another level? Your your Texases, your LSU's, your um, your Baylor's, your um, 
Texas Techs, all of those, once the competition steps up a notch and the pitching steps up, are they going to still be able to produce the same numbers at the same level? Um, but they do have a powerful offense. There isn't any debating that, that's for sure. It's just who's going to be able to slow them down enough. Because I don't think you're going to shut them out. I think that's going to be very difficult unless you have one of the best pitchers in the country pitching against them. Ultimately, I just think Oklahoma's going to score a lot of runs this season, a lot of home runs. That's just the name of the game right now. They're gonna, their offense is going to be booming. It's just who's going to slow them down enough to actually beat them. If anyone beats them for that matter, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Um, but speaking of Oklahoma, one of their freshmen, Tiari Jennings, she's making an early case for the best freshman in the country right now for Oklahoma. Through the games that they played this weekend, she went 12 for 13 with 12 RBIs, 5 home runs, and 2 walks. That's unheard of numbers. That's insane. Um, is she going to be able to keep that up? I don't think she'll be, at least from the batting average stance, I don't think she'll be able to keep that up. But what an introduction to your first week in college softball. That's an absolutely incredible stat line. Um, I hope she continues that because it's going to be exciting, for one. Um, but... What a start to her season, and I hope she's able to continue it as we move through the season. Um, we almost had the upset of the season in the first weekend. Um, Dixie State almost took down Washington uh, Friday, Saturday, one of the two. Um, they were one out away, then... Bailey Klingler hit a two-run home run that tied up the game, and then everything fell apart for Dixie State, unfortunately. But this is Dixie State clearly made a statement in their first ever Division One game as a softball program. I think without a doubt, Dixie State hasn't looked good since that game. But you know. <clears throat> I def definitely Dixie State impressed me by that one game alone. I mean, Washington's the number two te ranked team in the country, and Dixie State in their first ever game as a softball program in Division One nearly took down Washington. I think that has to say something about Dixie State as a program, you know, moving forward. Um, so we'll just. We'll have to wait and see how what happens with them. I don't know if I'll be looking at them much this season. If they come across my watch list games, sure. But I'm not anticipating following them heavily. But a, definitely a big shout out and big kudos to Dixie State for nearly pulling off the potential upset of the decade even I might go go as far as saying that um, I know they didn't pull it off but 
you know, they gave it their best shot. They left it all in the field in that game, and hopefully they're able to do become a program that can be a solid mid-major. That's what I'm hoping for, but we'll have to just let it play out and see how it goes. Uh, what is going on with Drake softball? Drake is supposed to be the best team in the Missouri Valley. They lost to South Dakota State twice and let Butler hang around with them, which Butler's not great at softball. No offense to Butler. Um, they don't have the quality of a mid-major solid softball program. Traditionally, Drake relies on great pitching, but it looks like Nicole Timmons can't hold down the fort by herself. She just didn't look that great so far this season. I mean, I know they were playing in a dome in at Northern Iowa's tournament, um, but she just none of their pitchers just looked really good, and that's what Drake was traditionally known for. But um, and then. Um, I believe on Sunday, Drake got smashed by Iowa State 10-1. to So, um, ultimately, I think they just need to take a step back, look at how they played this weekend, and once Nicole Timmons, I think once she gets back into her rhythm pitching, I think, you know, Drake should be a much better team. But until she's starting to find her rhythm... And making it count in the circle, I think it's going to be tough for her to, or tough for Drake as a team to really make any noise, say, come tournament time. Um, but anyway, so we got a little, we got a couple more conference preseason polls. Uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference picked Alabama State to win their East Division and Prairie View A&M for their West Division. The Pac-12, of course, picks UCLA to win. I mean, I, I mean that, that seems like a foregone conclusion to me, but we'll just have to let it all play out this season. The West Coast Conference picked BYU, I think is pretty self-explanatory. Um, Loyola Marymount, who I said keep an eye out for them, had was second in that poll, so... And we'll talk a little bit more about them for this upcoming schedule this week. America East picked Stony Brook. And the Mid-American Conference picked Kent State as their preseason champions. So we're still waiting on Ivy League, the Missouri Valley, the Northeast Conference, the Metro Athletic or Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference and the Big Ten. Those are the five conferences I'm still waiting to see if they're even going to release a preseason poll at this point. Since the Big Ten doesn't start till next weekend, I would say they, they'll do it closer towards then, but stay tuned for that, and we'll talk about it next week if it is available at, the time, at that time. All right, so... Let's go over notable games canceled, postponed. As I mentioned earlier, the Texas Classic was canceled because of winter weather, of all things. You know, you would think that things are going to get canceled more for 
COVID-19 protocols and all of that fun stuff. But no, the menace to college softball right now is winter weather. And in the in Texas and in Florida and Georgia, Alabama, all of these southern states are getting winter weather unseen bef- in a very long time. And it's disrupting a lot of games. And that Texas Classic had Arizona at Texas. Um, we missed out on Arizona-Alabama. Texas-Alabama. Um, that tournament also had Sam Houston State and Colorado State there. So Colorado State could have played Texas, Arizona, Alabama, the, those likes. Thankfully, though, at least Alabama was able to get some games on the schedule this weekend, which we'll talk about later. But it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see a top 10 matchup between Arizona and Texas. Or Alabama and Texas and Alabama, Arizona. Those games could hurt when it comes to resumes for seeding come the NCAA tournament. Um, But we're just going to have to take that with a grain of salt and just let it play out. Uh, Baylor at Louisiana's two games were canceled this week because of weather. The Carolina Classic featuring South Carolina, UNC, and UNC Greensboro was canceled. Louisville had already left the tournament at the time, went on to play a doubleheader at Alabama on Sunday, which I'll talk about that in the recap. The Kickin' Chicken Classic was canceled. UConn, South, uh, excuse me, Coastal Carolina and Tennessee were in that tournament, so we missed out on those three playing each other. Texas Tech at Texas State was called off. And they're looking to reschedule for a later date. I don't think I've seen a rescheduled date yet. But I will be looking out for that um, as we move forward in the season. So stay tuned for that matchup because I think that's an intriguing one. Arkansas and Oklahoma State had a second game canceled. Fortunately, they were able to get their first game in. Unfortunately, they had their second game canceled. So, another good top 25 matchup we missed out on. Uh, North Texas at Texas, that was supposed to be tonight, got canceled because of weather. Um, Luckily, North Texas will play Texas this week still. Um, But we'll talk about that in the schedule. Um for week two and lastly this just came in today the Getterman Classic was cancelled due to inclement weather this weekend um, so we missed out on at least one Missouri Baylor meeting which again another top 25 matchup that we missed out on as unfortunate as that is needless to say Winter weather is absolutely destroying our schedules right now. And you wouldn't think that the biggest menace to uh, college softball would be winter weather. No, you would think it would be um, the pandemic. But COVID-19 actually hasn't had that 
hard of an impact from what I've seen so far as winter weather has. I mean, winter weather has just absolutely destroyed schedules across the nation. Um, so that's going to be something to look forward to. Um, there's more winter weather, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully that'll be out of... We'll be done with the winter weather once it gets through Friday. So hopefully we're done with our winter weather phase and we move on. But we're just going to have to play it by ear and hope these games get played because some of these matchups are very entertaining but we'll just have to wait and see what happens hope the schedule stay intact but anyway let's move on to the recap of the opening week this is going to take a while so bear with me here I mentioned Oklahoma's offense earlier Oklahoma scored 13 runs in the first inning of the year. Then they went on to score 9 in the fourth inning in route to a 29-0 five-inning drubbing of UTEP. And three of Oklahoma's players had five or more RBIs, including Nicole Mendez and Grace Lyons. Jocelyn Alo had three RBIs herself. Also, they had a NCAA record 13 home runs in, a, in that game. The record was 10 before that. They hit 13 in one game. Boom. Mind-shattering, honestly. No other way to put that number. 13 home runs in a game. That is insane. Just That's just 13 runs alone, at least, without any runners on base. Absolutely mind-boggling, these numbers. But anyway, I digress. Um, both Jocelyn Alo and Grace Lyons hit another home run in their 9-0 win over Abilene Christian. So, like I said, Oklahoma State's, I mean, uh, Oklahoma, excuse me, is offense is booming, and we definitely need to take notice of that as we go through the season. Um, I mentioned the Oklahoma State-Arkansas matchup. Oklahoma State took down Arkansas 12-11 to in what turned into an absolutely crazy game. Also could be put up there for one of the games of the year already. Um, Michaela Richburg had two home runs and three RBIs. Oklahoma tra State transfer Jordan Doggett, she came over from Georgia, she hit a double, went 3-for-4, and drove in two RBIs. Braxton Burnside hit two home runs and four RBIs for Arkansas. Carrie Eberly, Logan Siminek, Siminek, I think that's how you say her last name. Forgive me if I mispronounce her last name. Um, and Mary Half didn't have good outings in the circles for Oklahoma State and Arkansas. It was not a good day. To be a pitcher in that game, that's for sure. Arizona State swept BYU on Thursday night, seven to two and seven to five in eight innings. Um, Cielo Mesa, Cielo Mesa, she struck out eleven in route to the win in game one. And Arizona State stars were in full display in game two. Allie Tatnall had 
a double and the game-winning two-run homer, as well as the Hackbarth, Maddie and Kendra Hackbarth sisters. They both had a double and an RBI apiece. So Arizona State Stars were on full display in that doubleheader against BYU Thursday. Uh, Shelby Sunseri throws and uh, threw a two-hitter and hit a home run in an eight-to-nothing six-inning win over McNeese State for LSU. Grand Canyon took Utah to extra innings, but ultimately Utah came out with that win in six to five and eight. Valerie Cagle threw nine strikeouts and allowed only one hit in an 11 to nothing five inning win over Illinois State. Then Clemson came back on North Florida later that day and stole a win four to three. Um, that was a very entertaining game from what I hear because Clemson was down three to two in the top of the seventh down to their last three outs. So Good on Clemson for coming back and winning that game over North Florida, who is a sneaky good mid-major team in the Atlantic Sun. They'll get overshadowed by Liberty, but North Florida is another very interesting softball program that you got to keep your eye on. You heard it here first. Um, Hattie Moore had a big day for Missouri in their 8-1 win over Memphis. Uh, Jordan Weber also only gave up two hits and one run in that game. Cameron Stanford's three-run homer leads Georgia Tech over Boise State in their 5-1 win in the first game of their doubleheader that they played. Transfer from South Carolina, Jana Johns, who had two homers and three RBIs. And I already mentioned her freshman, Thierry Jennings. She had two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs that led Oklahoma to an 11-0 five-inning win over Abilene Christian on Friday, I believe. Um, Jocelyn Lowe's homer and four RBIs, plus Kinsey Hansen's two homers and five RBIs, power Oklahoma past UTEP 21-2 in five innings. Again, another example of Oklahoma's offense looking absolutely unstoppable, but again, you have to take into consideration the level of competition that they were playing. So, we'll see how they work, if their offense can still put up absolutely bonkers numbers. Um, Weber State had Oregon hitless until the fifth inning. Then the wheels fell off and Oregon won the game 9 to nothing in six innings. Also, Grand Canyon fought hard but fell to Oregon ultimately 5-3. to three. So Oregon was getting tested a little bit this weekend with Weber State and Grand Canyon, so that was good for them. <clears throat> Kirsten Lander's Grand Slam led Florida State to a 9 to nothing five-inning win over Memphis. Also that day, Florida State ran away from Missouri, excuse me, 9-2. And it was a close game for a while, and then Florida State's offense woke up. They finally got to that third time through the lineup, and everything started clicking for them. And the game just came to them a lot easier at that point. 
Uh, Gabby playing through seven strikeouts and finished off the perfect game for Washington over Southern Utah in an eight to nothing five inning win. Samford hung around with Kentucky but fell four to nothing. And then later, uh, pitcher Grace Ballman in the second game of the doubleheader threw a great game and hit a grand slam that powered Kentucky to the 15-3 five-inning win over Samford in Game 2 because they had a doubleheader on Saturday. <clears throat> Seattle pushed Utah to the edge but fell 2-1. to one. Utah then takes down BYU one to nothing on an error during the fifth inning. So there's the the Western Athletic Conference preseason champion Seattle pushed Pac-12 Utah to the edge, and then uh, Mountain West Conference, uh, no West Coast Conference preseason champion BYU took Utah to the edge as well. And I don't think that's a knock on Utah. I just think those are two really good mid-majors that can compete with a Pac-12 team. Um, Haley Cruz's three doubles and two RBIs, plus a combined perfect game, pushed Oregon over Montana 8 to nothing in five innings. Because of the weather down in uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville was able to close out a no-hitter in a 4 to nothing win over ACC foe Boston College. Now it is just Boston College. They're no ACC powerhouse or anything, but... And they were in the top of the seventh anyway, so... They probably could have still finished off the no-hitter even if it wasn't called off because of rain, but... It is what it is, and... Jacksonville ends up with a no-hitter because of it. So, kudos to Jacksonville for getting that no-hitter over Boston College. <clears throat> Troy took down Ole Miss 5-2. Honestly, it wasn't that surprising to me. But ultimately, you know, Troy's one of those up-and-coming teams. Well, maybe not up-and-coming. They're... A good mid-major too, but they're going to get overshadowed by their conference. Because um, they're not picked as the Conference USA preseason champion. But they were able to take down an SEC team. Because Troy, I'm sure, is very one of those mid-majors that could make some noise in the tournament. If, you know, the opportunity arose. Um... But Troy, uh, we have another game this week coming up in week two that I'm going to have featured on here later when I would go over the schedule, but we'll get to that then. Um, so then Oklahoma State rides home runs by Allison Febri, Sidney Pennington, Jordan Doggett, and Carly Petty that led to an 8 to nothing five-inning win over Louisiana Tech. Um, I mentioned this game already, but in Dixie State's first Division One game, they were an out away from beating number two Washington before Bla Bailey Klingler hit a two-run homer that tied the game. Um, 
Silent Rain Espinoza got the walk with the bases loaded that brought in the winning run for the Huskies 6-5. to five. In the se- in seven, not in extras, in seven innings. Rachel Garcia and Bubba Nichols both hit a home run and had two RBIs in their return from international softball. Um, and f- Megan Faramo and Lexi Sosa combined to only allow one hit in the in that seven to nothing win over Fresno State. So. The two in the two Team USA girls looked good at the plate coming back uh, from international softball and being away from UCLA for a year. And the even better news for them is that they didn't even need Rachel Garcia in the circle. So that's very dangerous for everyone around the country. So pay attention to that. Um, Bell Wolfenden's three-run homer was enough to lift South Alabama to an upset win over Georgia in Game 2 of their doubleheader. Rachel Crabtree's two doubles and three RBIs led Duke past Central Arkansas 6-2. A combined perfect game by Montana Fouts and Sarah Cornell led Alabama past Alabama State 10-0 in five innings. Maddie Hackbarth's two doubles home run, and three RBIs led Arizona State to a 9-1 five-inning win over Seattle. South Dakota State takes down Drake 6-1 in a battle of pretty good mid-major programs. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, how Drake's struggling to start the season. Um, But South Dakota State's no slouch as a mid-major softball program either. So... Have your eye out for them as we move forward in the season. Memphis hung around tough with Florida State, but fell after back-to-back home runs by Cassidy Davis and Lizzie Mason, 3-2. Deja Davis's grand slam leads Duke over McNeese State, 9-1. Also, Duke withstood a late charge from Central Arkansas to win 7-5. And Mississippi State got a walk-off walk to beat Miami, Ohio, 10-9. And Falelua's double home run and three RBIs led Mississippi State in their second game against Miami, Ohio in a 10-3 victory. Missouri got their revenge on Florida State, beating them 9-5, so... Florida State and Missouri split their two meetings this weekend, this past weekend. So I thought that was pretty interesting between two top 25 teams. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the end of that game because my power went out because of winter weather. But I'm not going to complain too heavily. <laughs> Just be lucky that I got to watch softball at all this weekend. So <clears throat> be grateful for that. Uh, let's see, uh, BYU, <clears throat> BYU scored on a fielder's choice to take down Seattle 4-3. to Southern Utah has two players with six RBIs, but still fell to Washington 19-13. to Yes, you heard me right, 19-13 to in an offensive slugfest. 
Uh, Kelly Lynch's homer and four RBIs led Washington to an 8-2 win over UNLV. Renee Abernathy's four RBIs powered Kentucky past Samford 12-9. Excuse me. Maddie Pinta's no-hitter led Auburn past Southeast Missouri State 8-0 in five innings. And Auburn scored four in the bottom of the sixth to beat Southeast Missouri State 5-1 in the second game of their doubleheader. North Florida split a doubleheader with Boston College, and both games were two-run, being two-run defensive wins. The first game was 2-0 Boston College, the second game was 3-1 North Florida, so they split that series. <clears throat> Again, I mentioned her name earlier, Haley Cruz, had two doubles and four RBIs that led Oregon to an 8 to nothing five-inning victory over Weber State. <clears throat> like I said, stay with me. We still got another page plus a little bit. Keely Rochard does her thing, striking out 11 in a 6 to nothing win for Virginia Tech over Kennesaw State. Jamie Bailey's four RBIs led them to another 6 nothing victory in Game 2 for over Kennesaw State for Virginia Tech. One inning was the downfall for UVA or Virginia in their 5-2 loss to Georgia. Central Florida slammed Florida Gulf Coast 13-0 in their first game of the weekend. And then Gianna Mancha shuts down Florida Gulf Coast 8 to nothing in five innings in their second game for Central Florida. Again, I mentioned Drake earlier. Drake self-destructed in the bottom of the seventh and lost to South Dakota State for the second time, 7-6. to six. Alessa Bonstrom's two doubles, home run, and four RBIs propel Utah past Seattle 10-1 in five innings. Lexi Kilfoyle shut down Notre Dame's offense, and Claire Jenk- also Claire Jenkins' bases-clearing double plus Notre da- five Notre Dame errors led to a 10-0 win, five-inning win for Alabama over Notre Dame. UAB absolutely smashed Ole Miss 13-5 in five innings. So a little side note to that, Ole Miss is not looking like the SEC powerhouse that you might thought, and I said last week I didn't know how they were going to handle having a new coach in Jamie Traxel, and so far it doesn't look like Ole Miss is off to a great start overall, but you know, you always have that opportunity to make up for losses in the SEC. There's always a chance to win a series or sweep. You know, there's always that opportunity for Ole Miss to compensate for these early non-conference losses. So we'll actually we'll wait and see. I'll reserve some judgment on Ole Miss for now, but if it keeps continuing a problem it will become one of my storylines moving throughout the season just be aware of that charla eccles hannah adams and kendall lindeman 
combined for one homer, three doubles, and nine RBIs, which led Florida to a 15 to nothing five-inning murder of South Florida in the second game of their doubleheader. Florida won the first one, but it was a lot closer, and there was no real stars to it. Um, Cielo Mesa again looked good until the fifth, but Arizona State still beat Utah 9-4. to A couple of Pac-12 teams getting together early in the season. you got to like seeing that. Uh, Kansas gave LSU a hell of a fight, but ultimately fell short 5-3, to three, so this also calls into question how good LSU is as well. Um, I, it certainly calls into question how good LSU is, because you know, as you... Uh, I don't know if you watched any games this week or anything, but... Duke also took down LSU, too. Duke actually dominated that game and won, beat LSU 8-4. So, LSU might have a little bit of a problem on their hands as well. So, a couple of SEC teams, LSU and Ole Miss, having a couple of problems on opening weekend. Let's give them a little time to see if they can adjust and fix those problems moving forward so that I'm not criticizing them as much as we go through the schedule. But that'll just come in time, and we'll have to see how that goes. Notre Dame pitched a combined no-hitter in a 13-0 five-inning win over Alabama State. For the second time this weekend, Jacksonville took down Boston College 3-2. Uh, Jacksonville and North Florida are those two mid-majors that can cause some damage. Um, so just keep an eye out on those two. You'll hear some stuff from me, I'm sure, assuming they're playing, you know, bigger names. But moving forward, Lexi Wagner's double home run, four RBIs, led Oregon over Montana 9-1 to in five innings. Ashley Rogers returns to the circle for the first time for Tennessee after being injured last season in the shortened season she came back she threw 13 strikeouts in her return to the circle for Tennessee in a 10 to nothing five inning victory over Eastern Kentucky and then Eastern Kentucky in the second game pushed them to the limit but again ultimately fell three to two so Tennessee gets a couple of opening wins at this uh, weekend after um, that kicking chicken classic that they were supposed to be in got canceled, so they were able to get in a couple games on Sunday, so that was good to see from my standpoint. Um, <clears throat> making the best of whatever ske the schedule does for you and what availability has. That's what we want to see. Flexibility in scheduling is, is going to be the name of the game this year. No doubt about it. Um... Kennesaw State hung tough with Virginia Tech yet again, but couldn't get any offense against Keeley Rochard in a 4-0 loss in their final game of the weekend. Sammy Reynolds' double home run and four RBIs led Washington to a 7-0 win over Dixie State. 
Montana Fouts allows only one hit in a 5-0 win for Alabama over Louisville in Game 1. And then Lexi Kilfoyle's 10 strikeouts led Bama to a 4-0 win in Game 2 over Louisville. So Bama was able to get a couple games with Louisville and, you know, didn't allow a run. Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle were absolute stars and didn't allow a run for, um, allow a run to Louisville. So good for them. Uh, they had, that's a real dynamic duo in the circle for Alabama. That's to say the least. Um, once again, Southeast Missouri State hung tough with Auburn, but fell three to one. Um, Pitcher Taylor Bauman's three-run home run in the bottom of the sixth led Florida Gulf Coast to a three-to-two upset of Central Florida, and I had there was a reason I had Florida Gulf or Central Florida at Florida Gulf Coast on my um, notable games for opening week, and I was waiting for Florida Gulf Coast provided no fight whatsoever to Central Florida on Saturday, so I'm glad they were able to reset and get the victory in game one on Sunday. But, that having been said, Central Florida got their revenge in the game two on Sunday with an 8-5 to five win, which was a much closer game. It was a back-and-forth game, so that's more what I was expecting. I was expecting Florida Gulf Coast to at least hang in with Central Florida. Whether they won or not didn't really matter. I was just expecting a closer game altogether. <clears throat> but anyway, Hope Troutwain's 21 strikeouts tied her own record for most strikeouts in North Texas and Conference USA history in their win over Southeast Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana on Saturday. Uh, so she has the record for most strikeouts in North Texas and Conference USA history. She did it again, striking out 21. Um, so that was good to see. Um, we always like records here. 21 strikeouts in a game that only, usually only goes seven innings with a little wiggle room. Uh, you, you know, it was absolutely outstanding to see a game with, tw or a pitcher pitch 21 strikeouts. It's absolutely incredible, for sure. Um, and lastly, this just went final about seven hours ago or five hours or something like that ago. Um, but Danae Chapman's Grand Slam and Allison Royalty's nine strikeouts led Arizona State to an eight to nothing five inning win over Cal State Fullerton in game one of a doubleheader. And then Jasmine Hill's double and two run homer led Arizona State to a 5-2 win in the second game of their doubleheader that they played yesterday. So, Arizona State basically went unblemished through the opening weekend. Um, they certainly have stars in the, pit on, in the circle, and they have a lineup that can do damage too, so it's going to be exciting to see how Arizona State turns out moving throughout the season. Um, 
But anyway, let's dive into the notable games of week two, shall we? Starting today, tonight, Liberty plays at Troy. A very good mid-major at another very good mid-major. So that's definitely one that I'm keeping my eye on this or today. Um, Thursday, North Florida is playing at South Florida for a doubleheader. So that's going to be interesting to keep my eye on. Uh, Washington at BYU. Another very good game to keep an eye on. Cal State Fullerton at Loyola Marymount, another game that's a West Coast, but a very intriguing matchup for my tastes. Um, so we'll see how those pan out on Thursday. Friday, you got Colorado State, Texas Tech, Liberty at Alabama, Weber State, Utah, South Carolina and Auburn, South Carolina at Jacksonville, Auburn at Jacksonville, Longwood at Georgia, Louisiana at UAB. I mentioned it earlier, but Texas and North Texas. Nevada and Washington. And lastly for Friday, Ole Miss and Iowa State. Um, so those are the games that we're looking at for Friday. For Saturday, Liberty LSU. South Carolina, Auburn, North Carolina, or excuse me, South Carolina at North Florida, Colorado State at Texas A&M, Auburn at North Florida, Longwood at Georgia, Oklahoma State, North Texas, <clears throat> uh, Oregon at Fresno State, Louisiana at UAB, Seattle at Arizona, Oklahoma at Houston for a doubleheader. UCLA at Cal State Fullerton for a doubleheader. <clears throat> Ole Miss, Iowa State. LSU at Alabama. And Liberty at Alabama. So those are the games I'm looking forward to on Saturday. On Sunday, you got Colorado State, Texas Tech again. Texas State and Arkansas should be an interesting one. Jacksonville at South Florida for a doubleheader. Colorado State at Texas A&M again. LSU at Alabama again. Loyola Marymount at UCLA for a doubleheader. LSU versus Liberty again. And then Texas Tech at Texas A&M. Should, should be another interesting matchup within the state of Texas. Provided that their tournament doesn't get canceled or postponed or whatever, whatever, you know, may happen. <clears throat> and then lastly, the ACC pod weekend. So the ACC is going to have a couple games. Um, uh, they're going to have pods this week, this weekend for um, conference games to take place in. Sort of like what the Big Ten is doing for um, their first two weekends of the season down in Florida. Um, but the ACC pod games to watch this weekend. Notre Dame and Duke for a three-game set. Virginia Tech at Clemson for three games. Louisville at NC State for three games. 
And lastly, and the most important ACC games this weekend, in my opinion, Virginia Tech versus Florida State for three games. That right there might be the highlight of this schedule that I have produced. <clears throat> of the week two games that I've mentioned, the ones that I'm most excited for are... Let me look. Um, let me go through these and look. Um, uh, la, la, la. South Carolina-Auburn, I'm interested to see how those games go. Uh, LSU and Alabama, of course. Those two games are very important. Texas Tech, Texas A&M could be a very fascinating matchup. Um, Virginia Tech at Clemson is also a very sneaky good ACC matchup. Uh, let's see. I don't have any... Out of all the ones that I mentioned, I don't have any other ones really jumping off at the page at me. Um, but they could always end up in my recap of week two when I record next week. So we'll just have to see how everything turns out. The schedule, as we know, has is very fluid considering how many games were canceled or postponed this week. Or in this past week because of winter weather. So just hoping to get as many of these games in as we can. Hopefully we can get as many of them in. Um, not have any COVID problems. Not have any weather problems. Yada yada. Um, hopefully we're just, we're just looking for a good week of softball. That's, that's all I'm looking for at this point. And I want as many games that I can watch or keep up with as I can just to keep myself informed so I can give you all the stats, give you the things you need to look for, the things you need to keep up with and everything. Because um, there's a lot going on, especially with all the weather going on. Not even COVID itself. That's a whole different issue. But... With weather canceling, postponing games, rearranging schedules, and all this crap going on. We're just looking forward to a good week of softball. And hopefully, you know, when we come back next Wednesday, when I reconvene with you next Wednesday, everything will be right as rain and we'll be good to go. But until then, enjoy the softball this week. Um, hopefully the weather doesn't ruin everything. Um... And we'll get back to you next Wednesday with what you need to know and all the stats from this upcoming week. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day, everybody. Peace out.